Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Isaiah 6, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, High and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and above it stood seraphim, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried out to another and said, Love, 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 the Lord is God. Is that what it says? One cried out to another and said, Eternal, eternal, eternal is the Lord God Almighty. What does it say, saints? One cried out to another and said, Faithful, faithful, faithful is the Lord our God Almighty. What do you say, saints? One cried out to another and said, Wise, wise, wise is the Lord God Almighty. <laughs> you get it. You get it. They cried out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. Repeating three times. Revelation 4, 8. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around within. And they do not rest day and night, saying, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You see, the ancients, leave that verse there for a second, please. The ancients didn't have a way to emphasize a statement in print when they wanted to stress the importance of something. For example, if we wanted to stress the importance of something, we would put it in bold. Or we would put it in, y'all listening? We would put it in italics. Or we would put it in all caps. Or we would write the word and then underscore it or take your highlighter and you would highlight it if you're trying to emphasize something. In the ancient writings, they would repeat the word. That's the way they would make the emphasis. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto thee. So by Jesus saying it twice, listen, here's Bible students. This, When you see something written twice, that is important. A word repeated twice, it is always important throughout the entire Bible. Very important. You might want to take note of it, find out what it means, and dig into those two words. Jesus said, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, or listen up, listen up, what I'm about to say is important. Whenever a name is mentioned twice in scripture, it's really important. I think of uh, Paul, Paul the apostle on the road to Damascus to kill Christians. Acts chapter 9, remember? 
And so he sees a bright light. He falls to the ground and he hears Jesus say, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Important. Martha, Martha, you're worried about so many things. Mary has chosen a better part. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How I've wanted to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you are not willing. Abraham, Abraham, I see you're willing to be obedient. God has provided a ram in the bush. Offer it instead of offering your only son. Here in our text, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God is holy. Now, let me give you two words. Holy in Hebrew is kadosh. Hebrew in the Old Testament, kadosh, K-A-D-O-S-H, kadosh. Holy in Greek, somebody knows, hagiazo, hagios, hagiazo. Both of these words mean set apart, separate from sin. In other words, listen, God can't be around sin. In other words, God has an allergy to sin because he is holy. God is holy. Look at verse 1 in Psalm 99. The Lord reigns. That speaks of the sovereignty of God. Write that in your margins. The word sovereign means God does whatever he pleases. Psalm 115.3, our God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. Listen, to say that God is sovereign is to declare that God is God. God is sovereign. That's simply what it means. The big word to just say God does whatever he wants. And you don't have to like it. But he does whatever he wants because he is God. God's sovereignty means God knows no boundaries. The sovereignty of God is not just one in a long list of attributes of God, like omniscience or omnipotent or omnipresent. All of these attributes flow out of the sovereignty of God. So omniscient and omnipotent and omnipresent and all of these things of who God is, Stay with me. Will you? All of these things of who God is flows out of his sovereignty. Did you know that God is a sovereign person? He's not an energy, not a force, not electricity. He's a person. Remember, the third person of the Godhead. He is a person. He's the first person of the Godhead. Pardon me. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. A person has a mind and a will. A person has intelligence and emotion and a will. And the reason we know he's a person, because notice in verse 1, only a person can reign. The Lord God reigns. He reigns above all the peoples. Look at verse 2. He reigns between the cherubim at his footstool in verse 5. He reigns. In a cloudy pillar in verse 7. He reigns in his holy hill in verse 9. Y'all see all those? He reigns in his holy hill, verse 9. Now here are some other characteristics of God that flow out of his sovereignty. And these three characteristics of God all begin with O. The letter O. You're going to learn something tonight. Right? The letter O. Characteristics of God that flow out of his sovereignty. First of all, God is omniscient. 
omniscient. That means God is all-knowing. In other words, God knows everything. And he has unlimited knowledge. He knows everything you ever done. You can't hide anything from God, so don't try. There are 5.6, approximately 5.6 billion people on the planet, and he knows about every single one of us. The all-knowing God knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God knows tonight if you really want to be here. Amen. Bet you perked up then, didn't you? You're like, oh, yeah, I want to be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. God knows if you're growing in your faith or you're playing games as a Christian. He knows what you're thinking right now. That's scary. He knows our words and our deeds and our thoughts and our, emo- our motives. God is omniscient. He knows everything. God is never surprised. God is never amazed. God never discovers anything. God never says, oh, my God, I didn't know that. You should write that down. He never says, oh, myself, I didn't know that. He never seeks information. He never asks questions. He never needs consultants. Why? Because he knows everything. That's the word omniscient. Secondly, God is not only omniscient, but he is omnipotent. Omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful. He's able to do whatever he wants. God spoke the word and the universe came into being. The universe was situated and went into motion at his word. Psalm 33, 6 through 9 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all of the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. God is all-powerful. Jeremiah 32, 17 O Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. That's a great verse. Jeremiah 32, 17. Did you get it? That's a great verse that all of us should know. Our God is a great and awesome, powerful God, and there's nothing he can't do. And you want me to tell you one of the greatest proofs that God is awesome and powerful It's not in what he does. It's not in what he created. It's not in that he spoke the world into existence. It's not that he flung the stars into space. All those things are awesome, and that's great. But that is not necessarily the greatest proof that God is powerful. The greatest proof that God is powerful and the power of the gospel is the trail of changed lives in its path. Am I right about it, saints? Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. He took Peter the denier and Paul the persecutor, and by his grace and mercy and power, he changed them. Think of your own testimony. Y'all ain't hear me. Look at your own testimony. My own testimony. You know. Y'all know. Nine years old doing drugs. No nine-year-old on the planet needs to be doing drugs. Nine-year-olds need to be coloring in a transformer coloring book or something. Doing drugs and hanging on the street and on the corner and all that. And from that age to 21 years old, God saved me at 21. And I'll tell you this, at 21, God delivered me 
just like that. That's the power of the gospel, right? Think of your testimony. Everybody has a testimony. I love testimony. Love it. Love it. One of the things I like to do is go fellowship with brothers and go have breakfast, and we'll be just chatting about this, that, and the other. And I'll go, you know what? Tell me your testimony. Try it. What's your testimony? Tell me, how'd you get saved? Yeah, okay. Yeah, how'd you meet your wife? Yeah, okay. Great, how'd you get saved? Yeah, okay. I love to hear people's testimony because their testimony is proof of the power of God still moving today. God is not creating any more dirt. That's why real estate is so expensive. Look at your neighbor and say, he right, he preaching now. That's why real estate is so expensive because God's not making any more of it. So the power of God is clearly seen in the trail of changed lives in its path. We see the great power of God. God is omnipresent. So God is omnipotent, number one. God is, God is omnipresent. Omnipresent means God is able to be everywhere at once. God is omnipresent. God is omniscient, all-knowing. Omnipotent, all-powerful. Finally, the last O, omnipresent, means that God is everywhere at one time, everywhere at once. All God in every place. All God in every place. God is here and there and everywhere at once. This is so deep, you can't really even explain it. It's hard to explain. It's a story told of this young boy and his mother are having a serious discussion over lunch one day. Where is God? He asked innocently. Oh, he's in heaven, his mother replied. Does he live there? Yes. Oh, where's Jesus, mom? He's in your heart. But I thought Jesus and God were the same person. The mom said they are. The boy said, well, how can it be that he's in heaven and in my heart at the same time? Sweetheart, she said, it's hard to explain. There was a short pause. The boy said, where does the Holy Spirit live? There was another short pause. The mom said, I think it's time for you to take a nap. (laughs) It's hard to explain. God is here, there, and everywhere. All God in every place. Three omnis, attributes. I'm the present of the three omnis. I'm the present is the hardest to explain. Because it's the hardest to grasp. Because there's nothing to compare to it. Think about this. God is all-powerful. Well, we can somewhat understand that. God is all-knowing or all-wise. We can grab that on some level. Right? We can grab omnipotent and, 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 and uh, omniscient. We can grab that on some level. But omnipresent... Everywhere at one time, that's difficult. We can't be in two places at one time. God can be every place at one time. Satan is not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at once. That's when somebody says, well, the devil, the devil is doing that. Well, then somebody on the other right down the road say, well, the devil is right here doing that. Listen, that can't be possible. That's not possible. Because Satan can't be everywhere at one time. The devil is limited. 
Only God is omnipresent. Some people think that Satan is like a junior God who can do everything God can do, but on a lower level. Listen, there's no such thing as 90% omnipotent. You'll get that on the way home, okay? There's no such thing as 60% omnipotent. There's no such thing as partial omnipresent fact. Either you are present everywhere at the same time or not. Satan is created is a created being. He is limited. God is able to be everywhere at once. All other beings are restricted to a given place at a given time. Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. Did you get that? Point number two in our outline. Holy, God is holy in his principles in verses four and five. Contrary to popular opinion, God has a certain way of doing things. But the difference between God and man is God always operates from holiness and righteousness. And that's why God set standards for us and we're expected to come up to his standards. He's not expected to come up to our standards because he is the standard. God's standards are perfection and God's standards are holy. Look at the end of verse three. He is holy. End of verse five. He is holy. End of verse nine. The Lord our God is what? Holy. God is holy because he loves justice. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. We are to exalt the holy Lord our God in verse five and worship at his footstool. Another name for footstool is Ottoman. Ottoman. You got one in your house? Ottoman. You got one in your house? That's the thing you put your feet up on that's detached from your chair. You sit back and put your feet up on your ottoman. Listen, when God needs something to put his feet up on, he puts his feet up on the earth. That's awesome. He puts his feet up on the earth. Isaiah 66, 1. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Exalt the Lord our God. Calvary Chapel. Especially Calvary Chapel older Calvary Chapel people. We used to sing this song. I don't think we did it here. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. What's the rest of it, honey? Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Holy is he. Y'all remember that? Y'all been around Calvary forever. You remember that? Nobody knows it. Okay, fine. It's a real song, I promise you. It's not a fake song. It's a real song. We are to exalt the holy Lord our God and worship at his footstool. Look at verse 6. They called upon the Lord, and he answered them. And we can call upon the Lord tonight, and he'll answer us. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. They called upon God and God showed them what to do. Can I tell you something? God has not changed. He's the same today, same yesterday, today, and forever. You can call upon God and he'll answer you too. Holy in his person. Number two, holy in his principles. Number three, holy in his presence. Verse 6, look at verse 6. Three people mentioned in verse 6. You see it? Who are the three people? 
Moses, Aaron, and Samuel. Moses, you remember, on Mount Sinai was standing before the burning bush, and God said, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. The ground that Moses was standing on was holy because God was there. Any place God is, it's holy ground. When God shows up, he makes it holy. You could be standing in a super Walmart. If God is there, it's holy. Because wherever God is, there is holiness. So Moses is standing there, and he's standing on holy ground because God is there. Aaron was the high priest. He presented sacrifices, and he went into the Holy of Holies. You know, Samuel was a prophet who lived during the reign of Saul. And 1 Samuel 3 tells us, in those days, the word of God was rare. Man, sound like today, doesn't it? The word of God is rare. Isn't that true? It's unfortunate, but it's hard to find a church nowadays that's just teaching the Bible. I'm not talking about springboarding from the Bible. You know, read a verse and then you can just shut the book because you don't need to talk anymore. Because you don't need to read it anymore because it's a springboard from the word. I'm not talking about talking about the Bible. All these things are different. But teaching the scriptures... Digging in and looking at word for word, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Hard to find that nowadays. The word of God is rare. And because the word of God is rare, people are lost. People are sick. Christians are weak and sick because the word of God is rare. We need the word of God, saints. And we can't live without the word of God. Am I right about it? We need the word. Can't live without the word. 1 Samuel 3. 1 Samuel 3 tells us in those days, in the reign of Saul, the days of Samuel the prophet, the word of God was real, rare. But God spoke to a little boy and called him a great prophet of God, Samuel. God spoke to Moses, Aaron, and Samuel because they all knew what it was like to be in the presence of God. So we understand who God is. And we understand who God is from the word of God. The ultimate test of spirituality is two things, saints. Stay with me, please. The ultimate test of spirituality is two things. Number one, the study of the word of God. And number two, prayer. You say you're spiritual? Are you in the word? And are you praying? Not talking about prayer, not agreeing when I say, oh, the third Saturday of the month, we're going to gather in prayer. Yes. Saturday come up, you don't show up. Or maybe you can't show up, but do you pray? The true test of your spirituality is not how much you speak in tongues. It's not how you can quote scripture. It's not about how much Bible you even know. It is better to know less Bible and live what you know than to know more Bible and don't live what you know. It's not about what you know. Nobody cares what you know. 
Everybody, amen. Nobody cares what you know. Everybody cares how much you live. The true test of spirituality is the study of the word of God and number two, prayer in that order. You see, the study of the word of God brings us to the place of biblical prayer. It works that way. The study of the word of God brings you to the place of biblical prayer. So many people are praying prayers that are not biblical or asking God for things that he's already given. For example, some people are asking for the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you already have the Holy Spirit. Some people are asking God for strength. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Some people are asking God for love for someone. The Bible says the love of Christ or the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. You don't need to ask God for something he's already given you. What you need to do is release it and do it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.